Welcome to a new episode of Hacks and Hobbies with your host, Junaid Ahmed. So yeah, um, it's been a while since we last spoke. It was awesome speaking to you the last time. Yeah, man. Same here. It was wonderful meeting you. Yeah, it was great meeting you. We learned a lot about each other. And since then, I have been, you know, on that path to learn and uh, expand. And essentially, yeah, it's been been an amazing journey. And since then, I have uh, started a podcast myself. Since we last spoke, uh, I was talking about telling you that... um, Mm-hmm. I started beekeeping. Yeah, how's I, that going with the beekeeping? That's that must be pretty uh, fascinating. You have an entire is, colony. It is pretty fascinating. I have two colonies. Wow. Um, one colony, I'm not sure if they're gonna make through the winter because mm. they have not done a good job in collecting enough honey to go through the winter. Um, okay. The other colony is local. And they have done a great job in collecting honey and in, in, uh, getting um, pollen uh, stores and getting all of that going. Yeah. So what I'm doing is I've, um, I've given both of them about five gallons of honey over the past, uh, last weekend. And the okay. hive that, I'm, that I was hoping that would, you know, consume through all of the Honey, they're not touching it as fast as I want them to, mm. which is kind of sad. Uh, but the yeah. other hive, uh, I was not able to check how mm-hmm. their um, consumption of the honey is, mainly because yeah, they're local. Right. Yeah. So the, the second hive is local. Right. And because of that reason, they were So they can locally. tell... They can tell, I guess, basically what where the honey is coming from, and it's not like theirs. Is that what it is? Well, it's not that they're going and going out and getting honey. It's that they're going out and getting nectar and making that into honey. And yeah. if I'm providing them with sugar water, um, mm-hmm. they take it up and they start storing it so they can then use it uh, during the winter season. I um, see. But since this, the so one of the hives is called I call them Alexandria. And the second hive is called Saskatraz. And um, mm-hmm. Saskatraz, because they, the bees come from Saskatoon, they have a, a research uh, facility, essentially. You can call it up, up there. And they've been doing research for about 15 years and making wow. the best bees that are not only um, cl- collecting a lot of honey, but they can also... Yeah. Um, watch out for mite control so my yeah so my mentor came over uh last weekend and we provided we gave them five gallons of honey and um so it was split between the two two and a half gallons two and a half gallons and um it's like all right he's like your problem is they're not feeding like well let's see what happens so i checked on them today and they haven't touched a whole lot of uh, sugar water, the Saskatraz hive. And I wasn't, I wasn't able to get into the um, Alexandria hive mainly because somehow uh, the weight of the lid yeah. has like stuck together really hard. And I didn't have my suit on. So I was like, I'm going to go back in 
with my suit yeah. on, uh, not to because what 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 I felt had, was happening was uh, the the top feeder was stuck to the top of the lid. So when I was yeah. picking it up, it was grabbing the whole lid up, oh, and letting okay. the bees escape out underneath. And yeah. I think I might have crushed a few. <laughs> oh Lord! <laughs> so wow, that's man. one of the issues, right? So when you're when you're a beekeeper, you're gonna mm-hmm. crush some bees. That's uh, yeah, I would imagine. It's a given by accident. I'm sure that it's it doesn't feel good. Exactly. Yeah, man. So oh, that's amazing. Uh, so that's I've, what I've, I've been never, doing. I have like zero clue about bees and beekeeping and all that, but I always have been amazed ever since I was a little boy. Yeah, yeah. At the uh, at the fact that um that we have somehow domesticated all of these different creatures. We have, yeah. Our That's species been... is definitely all about domestication, man. It is. It is. You know, it's, whether it's, it's cows or horses or bees or you know. You can't seem to get bears domesticated. Not no, yet. not yet. <laughs> Not yet. But they I'm don't sure. serve a purpose for us yeah. at the moment, right? So that's yeah. probably why um, we don't have we we don't eat bears. Or <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty that's much. That's the other thing, right? Um, only we're only allowed to eat hooved hooved animals, right? Um, not animals with paws, and that's where the sure. bear bears come in. And and that's fascinating. Yeah, you know, uh, even horses are on the boundary of being consumed. So for about 40 episodes, I've just Mm -hmm. been talking about beekeeping. I've talking about actually about 30 episodes talking about beekeeping. And then I started introducing life and started introducing different things into my podcast. And I was like, you know what, this is very interesting. It's really good. And I got Mm -hmm. to see Gary V and, uh, and uh, Tony Robbins in person uh, yeah. this event that they, you know, they came and I was mm-hmm. so fascinated. And I, so I decided to start talking about these things, talking about personal motivation and personal development sure. motivation, because yeah. it's all part of life. And to it be is. involved into a hobby, you have to mm-hmm. be personally motivated into yeah. actually doing something with it. And I was like, you know what? It's all, if it's all the same, I don't need to create a separate podcast just to talk about personal development or sure. stuff like yeah, that. So I was like, just, you know, I'm just going to just I'm talk just gonna... about the things that you have in your own life. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I started, yeah, that's fantastic. Like, I added in here and I have, mm-hmm. and so now the second part of the journey for the podcast is that now I'm talking to people that I've known that I've connected with in the past yes. six, seven months and yeah. you know, get a take on, what it is that motivates them, what it is that they enjoy to do mm-hmm. uh, and stuff like that. So, and that's one of the reasons I reached out to you because I, I liked the story that you told me and, you know, I would like to see if you can get it on the podcast. Sure, man. Yeah. Life is, life is fascinating. Yeah. I think one of the, one of the most important aspects of, um, of being human is in my opinion, is that we are born in order to really get to know ourselves deeply and intimately. Uh Right? Because at the beginning, the middle, and the end of the movie, the person that you have to spend your entire life with is you. That's right. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) And that's why why it's important also that um, um, I think early on, in a sense, 
I became very sensitive to um, the human condition. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are all, I think one of the most interesting things that I've, that I've, uh, I guess that I've stumbled across by mistake is not by mistake, but rather I wasn't actually searching for it is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't mm-hmm. searching for a very specific answer. Yeah. But, um, I noticed very early on that the, that the one human uh, characteristic that is pretty universal is that we all suffer. Yes. You know, that, that seems suffer. to be part of the being here, you know. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't get it as hard and as, uh, as deep as I did when my first son was born. And then when my second son was born, I was like the whole process even of coming onto the planet is one of yeah. the... It's painful. It it's is painful. Yeah. The child is being squeezed out through a birth canal into the world, and so yeah. you know our first sensations are must be very, very uh, uncomfortable. I would imagine we go from the warmth of the womb where we're protected, we feel great, and all of a sudden it's cold and it's they're yeah. poking us and we're getting slapped and you know exactly. And the first thing we do is let out a cry, and mm-hmm. so. The fact is that that's one thing that um, that that we have to, in my opinion, that we have to really embrace the fact. Okay, so this is part of the human condition. So how do yeah. we deal with it? How do yeah. we deal with? It? How do we process uh, our own internal pain? How do we come to a place ultimately of of uh, of, of resolution and tranquility? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. The place of of equanimity or balance. You know, and so in my own history, um, when um, I've always been just extremely, I'm a nerd, you know, I'm like, I'm totally a member of Nerd Nation. Right? Yes, I've seen that. I've seen your posts. Yeah. They're very fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So my thing is, you know, and, and I'm interested by life. I'm interested by life. Mm-hmm. And life is absolutely a... Uh, it's it's so rich and so so full of different textures right and uh and it's not only like the things that we feel with our senses but it's we see it in mathematics Mm -hmm. we see it in music we see Mm -hmm. it in just the the act of holding one another holding a baby yeah um uh life is full of textures it's full of differences life is full of of um of sensations yeah. Right. And so yeah. some of the sensations that we go through as human beings, and because I am a nerd, you know, it always has fascinated me how everything comes with a batch of feelings that yeah. we get to feel. Yeah. Right. And I think that um, in my own studies back in the 1980s, I, I really started deeply um, studying uh they used to call it fuzzy logic back then but now it's called artificial intelligence Mm -hmm. and i think that the cornerstone in order for us to transcend and go from machines that because right now machines do think yeah they don't think like we do there's going to be an element of emotion that is going to be coming from that right so the emotional engine if you will is something that when that when that becomes refined and developed Mm -hmm. and integrated I believe that's when machines will ultimately be able to to have empathy and to be able yeah. to also, you know, experience hopefully 
things that will uh, that will continue pushing us forward and making us better as a species. Exactly. Right. Yep. But I think that that's why, again, that uh, the fact that we do suffer, we have to, as coders and engineers and developers, I think that we have to we have to factor in that our work actually affects people. It yeah. affects people very very deeply. It does. Yeah. And so, yeah, it is, it is part of understanding. I think like when I sit down to code systems and to develop systems, I, mm -hmm. I always, I always want to, um, I always want to approach everything. I always have approached it with these three magic words, which is just like me. Mm -hmm. I think that we had a conversation once about yeah, that. Did. You yeah. are just like me, right? Yeah. Yeah. You want to be loved. You want to be cared for. You want to be respected, you know. Exactly. Right? Yep. And so in our professions as either entrepreneurs or scientists or people who wash dishes or people who sweep floors, right, mm -hmm. or window cleaners. Yeah. When we approach life and everything that we have it in our hands from the aspect of just like me, then if that informs our work and we are conscious to it, uh, we are able to produce products and mm -hmm. services that are going to, again, they're going to make our species become better. Yeah. You know, such yeah. tiny, a tiny little collection of words, just, Very, just like me, right? Just like me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I believe that, um, that when we weave compassion and love and kindness mm -hmm. and empathy in particular into our work and into yeah. our lives, yeah. right? Um, we then get to win, if you want to look at it from that standpoint, in the marketplace. We get to grow. Yeah. The universe is really, really uh, abundant. There's, there's really, there's, there's no... There's no lack of energy. There's the no lack of it. Yeah. Right. I totally agree. There's zero lack of it's, it's, it's every, it's what everything is made of. This, this mm -hmm. is what quantum mechanics has, uh, um, what quantum mechanics has taught us, right? Mm -hmm. when we have delved into the nature of nature. We see that we are in fact made of energy. Every 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 atom in our bodies is actually a vibrational unit. It vibrates. It's an energy. Yeah. It's a field, right? Yeah. Yeah. So so there's no lack, but a, by the same token, I believe that it's up to us. And it's funny that you should be into the whole bee thing. It's mm -hmm. up to us as caretakers. Yes. We take on the responsibility of caretaking of nature. Right? Yes. We have to approach, I believe, again, even the caretaking of beasts. We have to do it through empathy. We have to do it yes. through kindness. We have to do it through love. Absolutely. It's funny how when I, when I was looking at you and you're talking about the fact that one of the, the hives may not make it through the winter. Yeah. I sensed, I sensed your emotion of yeah. like, oh, man, you know. Yeah. These poor things. The same thing happens with the lid. You're like, mm -hmm. oh my god, I crush these things, right? Yeah, exactly. And and I think that that's that's kind of a it's an indication mm -hmm. that we are made of the same stuff that the bee is made of. 
Oh yeah. If we feel for them, it's because we feel that something in us, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Just got transformed. Something just happened. Exactly. That and it affects us. Right? Yeah. And again, yeah. if we are, if we, if we do, if we daily, daily, every morning, every evening, every night, if we take a moment to bring to mind and bring to heart our fellow man, our fellow women, right? Yeah. The, yeah. children of the world and um, and we ask ourselves actively continuously how am i affecting you how am i affecting you Janine? yeah yeah right. how am i affecting you? and and what can i do in order to just like me to make it possible for you to really love being alive how can right. i make your life better and i think that's really at at the heart and soul it is of getting it right, like getting life correct. And, and, uh, really, really good point. And, and what's really important in all of that. So just like me, like you're just like me and, uh, just like I love myself, I love you. And for my, for myself to be motivated to do something, Mm -hmm. um, I need to be either be self-motivated or have other people cheer me on. Right. Right. So that's yeah. very important as well in to be motivated. You know, you, you're looking, you yeah. look for fans, you look for cheerleaders or you look at mentors and right. that's what helps us be better people because now yeah. you're accountable to somebody else. Yeah, and correct. That's yeah. and that's why religion is so important for so many people because they say, okay, I'm accountable for what I'm doing to God, yeah. to a higher power, right? yeah. or to a higher power to somebody else. Sure. Yeah, and that's that's one of the reasons why religion is so prevalent all over the world in mm-hmm. so many different forms. But now we have a new type of religion where your fans essentially are motivating you on or, or pushing you onwards. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but, but sometimes I guess you forget that you have the power within you as well to grow. Yeah. Does that make yeah. sense? I mean, yeah, I, I, if, let me reflect on, on, on what you just said, right. And yeah. I, I believe what you would, what I understood you to say is that um, in a nutshell, in summary, it's that we have within us, we do have, we have a direct connection to the allness. We have a direct connection to everything because we are that. There's no separating us from the universe. The mm-hmm. moment, if we get plucked out of the universe, yeah. we don't exist. Yep. Right? Even, even if, uh, so in other words, um, we do need that that external motivation, but I think that life, um, if you have your eyes open, you'll start noticing as you age, you'll yeah. start remembering, I think, the things that we all know as children, right? Yeah. Which is that, um, that, uh, that we're all connected, you know, we, and we have evolved as animals, if you will. Yeah. We're social creatures. Yeah. We're completely social animals, right? We're pack animals, for lack of a better. We're no different than the wolf. No. Right? A wolf is it's can't really survive on its own. It no. needs a pack. 
right? And humans and are so, similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're very, we're similar. We have yeah, we, and we each have roles as well. That's why it's so important to um, to be cognizant of who you who you exchange energy with, who do you yeah. break bread with, and it's and I don't see it from a standpoint of exclusivity, but rather. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's important for us to feed our minds and feed our bodies nutritionally sound food. Yeah. And by yeah. that, I mean, you know, if, if you come to me, Junaid, and, and I belittle you yeah. constantly, and I call you names and this, that, you're not, I'm not feeding you. And you're not, no. you know, all I'm doing is drawing energy from you like a vampire. Right? That's so true. That is so true. Right. And and that's why again it's it's uh, I think in order for the energy to be tapped from within we have to from without we have to create kind of like you know a, a bubble of goodness yeah where we can then uh, we can then draw energy from no that is yeah. very true and I was just as you were reflecting and you know explaining in a nutshell what I just said I thought about what I had said too. And yeah. um, thinking about like going back to religion. Yes. Um, one of the, one of the places that you see a lot of activity is when you have congregation and yes. Sundays right. and you're motivated to go and meet the people and then pray sure. together. Uh, yeah. Same thing. And you know, for Muslims, we mm-hmm. pray together. There's five yeah. prescribed prayers so we pray right. together and it, you know, it re-evaluates and re, um, it reinforces, I believe. Exactly. Right? It yeah. reinforces the belief and, and, yeah. and, uh, lights up that fire that that's inside of you. So, and, yeah. and that is a very, very important, um, thing because it is, it is a human nature to seek, yeah. seek that approval or seek that, yeah. kind of thing that enables us okay i'm doing something right you know there's people mm-hmm. doing the same thing and i'm, I'm following in that path mm-hmm. now again in religion it is you know it is advised that you come to a conclusion to why you're doing something on your own mm-hmm. right if you're right. not doing yeah. that then you're just you know yeah. you're not you're being anywhere. mindless you're not being yeah. mindful you need to be mindful rather than being mindless. So yeah, that is an yeah. important aspect of it. Yeah. And it's funny again, that uh, all, nature uses, has patterns that mm-hmm. get reused all the time. We see, oh, yeah. it, we see it like from that, from, from the atom all the way out to the cosmos. Right? Yes. And so in terms of like you were saying, you know, the thing with religion is again, that it's, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a group thing. Right, it is it's no different than the hive. You see no, the hives that absolutely. you are surrounding yourself with. Again, you see that yeah, a bee is an amazing, amazing creature. Yeah, but the bee is able is is ultimately unable to function on its own. No, they're not able to function on their own. As soon as they're born, they yeah. start cleaning. They start working yeah. with other bees. They yeah. get the food because there's different bees that go outside of the hive that yeah. bring the food in and right. then they pass that food over to these other bees who then go and store it in the stores. Yeah. And then other yeah. nurse bees can go to these stores, get the food and feed it to the larva. 
and then yeah. the whole life cycle repeats it's 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 an organism it's a it meta organism it is it is and it's the, the same as we are right we are yeah. we're a species we are one mega it's actually giga because there's like seven billion of us exactly right? yeah <laughs> seven billion plus already yeah. seven yeah. billion of us all coexisting on a rock that yes is flying through space at a very high rate of, of speed yeah. yeah and and yeah man and that's the thing that that is really wonderful is to understand that although we hold different perspectives we all have different perspectives from a yeah. personal standpoint. In other words, my eyes operate differently than your eyes. Yeah. Because, well, I am a, you know, I, I am myopic. My, 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 uh, without these glasses, I can't see the world properly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So the same thing happens uh, in terms of perspective uh, the entire universe is let me see if this doesn't flip over here oh, no. all right good it adapted it adapted itself okay so the the thing is though that um where i was going with this is that um religions are a it's a perspective it's it's an understanding of reality yeah Right. It's it's a way for us to strive to have an objective reality. In other words, it's something out there yeah. is common to all of us, right? As opposed to the subjective reality that we each exist, right? So yeah. on Earth right now, in, in the form of a human, there are seven billion plus unique perspectives on what life and everything is all about. Yeah. So essentially, there are seven billion human universes that are all coexisting, trying to grope with the fact that we 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 are born, we live, we grow, and then we die. Right. right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So we're we're uh, we're experiencing the human experience, and we're doing it collectively. But the beauty is that we we have all tried as cultures to gain some kind of a common, um, I guess, identity, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's from, from inside of that idea is where separation is born. Yep. It's where I'm like, oh, I, I was born in Cuba. And I was, I was raised inside of a Christian household and mm -hmm. eventually through my own decisions and readings and understanding, yeah. If I had a philosophy today that I that I align myself with, it's Buddhism. But it's nothing more than a perspective, right? I and I have to understand that as a human being just like me, your religion is mm -hmm. something that brings you meaning. It gives you a sense of community. Yeah. It's your hive. Right? It's my hive, yep. It's your hive. And I have to love your hive. Yeah. In the same way that you love my hive. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, wow, those guys over there, this this is the software they're running. They are they are experimenting with this framework, mm -hmm. this developmental framework over here. Yeah. I choose to do it over here in this other developmental framework. But at the mm -hmm. end of the movie, the machine is gonna execute something that is similar. Um the results are going the to be, be similar. Yeah. Are going to be similar. The, the process and the methodologies are different. Mm -hmm. 
but the results are similar. And I think this is where um, the more we turn inward, the more we go inward, and then I start seeing that, look, I have two arms, I have two legs, yeah. I have a brain, I have a kidney, I have a set of kidneys, and so do you, right? Yep, yep. we're all the same then, kind. Yeah, then I can start seeing, again, I can start seeing myself within your religion, within your philosophy. Yeah. I can start understanding that at the, at the crack of dawn every morning, you know, you wake up and you go mm -hmm. out and you do your best because you're a father just like I am. Mm -hmm. so we're just trying our best in order for our children to not to start with them. That's right. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that this is why um, these conversations between people who have different perspectives but have a profound respect and love for one another. Yeah. So critical for our, our, um, our healthy evolution to continue. It is. That's so true. Yeah. Because that's the thing, man. We're, 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 we're tied at the ankle in a, on a common fate because mm -hmm. this is a, it's one planet. It's one planet. Yep. <laughs> exactly. You know, we gotta, we gotta watch out for each other. We do have to watch out for our, our, our hive. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's so true that you mentioned that in that perspective because um, so one of the reasons right, I just mentioned that the bees might not survive yeah. through the winter, it's because they, um, since they're an organism, since yeah. they're an organism, if there is no food, the entire hive dies. Yes. It's not that... They have some food enough for two, three bees to survive. No, no if, yeah, the whole thing collapses. The whole thing collapses. If there's yeah. any disease, the entire beehive collapses because everybody touches each other and and yeah. you know bring value yeah. to each other. So it's and it's it's similar. It's human. It's amazing. Yeah, it is. And yeah, that is amazing. And how I, it's funny. I again, I had no idea, and I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I no. had absolutely zero zero clue about raising bees and mm -hmm. all of that yeah i was but, in the same boat uh, what an amazingly profound spiritually integrative act yeah it is to sit down and observe those bees and mm -hmm. care for them obviously love them and give them all everything that they need but exactly what a, it's it's like a university it is <laughs> you get to stand back and watch and and be informed yeah about what is so critical to us humans as a whole it is and you see them going in and going out and you can see sometimes you see bees coming with coming back with pollen on the back of their yeah. legs you're like oh they're yeah. bringing back pollen yeah it's amazing yeah that that is amazing well i'm yeah. really happy that that you are doing that sort of thing it, yeah, you know, I mean, that's your passion uh, project. Then. It is, it is, and and um, yeah, makes you I, definitely a better person. <laughs> I know? had um, I had about uh, I think there's about thirty pounds of honey uh, that they produced uh, this year, um, okay. but I left it in the hive. I was like, you know, you guys use it. You need it yeah. for the week for the for the winter. For the winter. Yeah. And then uh, next year. Probably springtime, I should have some good amount, probably a hundred pounds or so of honey. Yeah. 
and then um, I'm looking to distribute it and, you know, send it out yeah. to my friends and families because any time it comes like, oh, dude, you, you can have honey? You know, can I buy yeah. some from you? Can I, can I have, can I yeah. trust them? Like, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. You know, it's, that's, that's entirely that's awesome, man. the hive. Yeah, that's fantastic that you can do that. And the other thing is, I would imagine that um, this also teaches you a fair amount of ecology, you know, and and, uh, and management of resources. In other words, um, there's a term that I love, and I learned it when I was very young. Um, mm -hmm. I learned it from my parents, and it's uh, let's see, I'm trying to remember the term um, uh, stewardship is the in english it's the term stewardship in mm -hmm. other words i am a steward i am a mm -hmm. caretaker mm -hmm. take care of a thing yes yes and i would imagine that if um if my children were much much younger i mean now they're young men one's 18 the other one's 21 yeah i think i would absolutely in a heartbeat i would pick up um beekeeping with them yeah in order, in order to teach them uh, hands-on stewardship, it is. It's absolutely that, and uh, that reminds me of um, some of the passages from. Uh, well, I'm going to relate it to Jesus, right? So they say that he was a carpenter, right? Or so I'm not. Sh I don't know too much about it, but I yeah. do know that the prophet Muhammad, when he was growing up. Um, he was raised for the first few years, he was raised by, um, so, so when, um, any new kids are born, these ladies from the, from the, from the villages and from the open grounds, they would come and they would, you know, pay, take these babies and they would breastfeed them back in their farm, essentially. Yeah. So the prophet, you know, he was raised by. Bibi Halima, and she was, you know, she fed him, and um, but when his when the Prophet Muhammad's mother passed away, she went back, you know, he went back and lived with them before she he was older, and he would herd sheep. He was a steward of you know goats and sheep, and he would you know tend to them in the in the yards. So. It, it is a very important because you're you're not you're kind of a leader but you are more of a facilitator right right it's not i mean they're they're sheep they're not going to listen to you what you say you have to facilitate it by other means yeah. yeah and that's um as a leader you know that's something that you have to I guess keep in mindfulness of because they say you know a leader is not somebody who is pushing you or ordering you around, but rather you know show you a way or in which yeah. they're practicing themselves. So yeah, there's a there's a um, there's a term that recently I've been re I've I've seen it a handful of times, which is this concept of a servant leader. Mm -hmm. Right, the leaders that actually are leaders yeah. are the the ones who are um, they're in there with you, man. They're the ones that take the blame and they give you all the glory. Exactly, they're in their weeds. 
Yeah, they're they're deep into it, and mm. um, and you see it also in terms of um, there was a study done, I think, with the U.S. Navy. I, I'm reaching into the wayback machine, if you yeah. will, but there was this one study that was made, and uh, the leaders that were actually incredibly successful, none of them, not one of them, was um, was. Uh, violent or disrespectful towards the, the people under his or her charge. Yeah. Because it is a huge responsibility. It's a massive responsibility. Mm-hmm. You're there and you are, you, you've bonded with these people and they're basically essentially there. They're trusting their lives. That's your right. very existence. That's right. You know, there is, is, is in the hands of the leader of the person that you you've chosen to follow. Yeah. And, uh, and that's, that is, uh, that is something amazing that is, um, really critical, I think, for us to understand mm-hmm. is that if you call yourself a leader, yeah, it's really a profoundly, um, like you need to check your ego at the door. That's really. right. <laughs> that's exactly right. Like, mm-hmm. you know, go ahead. Sorry. Uh-huh. No, no, go ahead. Keep going. No, I was just, I was just leading up to just the one idea that yeah that you have to check your ego at the door and you have to understand again. You do that. Your your primary function as a leader is to be a cheerleader, to be an encourager exactly. of the other person. You need to be that individual who sees more in another person than you even see in yourself yeah 